Boom Blast. And we are live. This is the Wrap It Up on Blast Raps post-game show. And this episode of Wrap It Up is brought to you by Clean Cuts Barbershop, 2013 Danforth Avenue in the East End of Toronto. Clean Cuts, the multicultural barbers that will always keep you fresh for any and all occasions. So go see Skip and the crew. And as a wise man once said, tell them that I sent you. Check them out on Instagram at Clean Cuts Toronto or give them a call. 416-917-4833 to book your appointments now. Wow. That game was a lot of fun, Raptors fans. That was a lot of fun. My name is Sheldon Alexander. Thank you guys for joining me. Whether you are watching live on Twitter at Shell Alexander, if you are, click the link there. You'll end up in the in Periscope. You'll see the chat on the side. Click the window. Take your comments there. Same thing goes for Instagram. Just hit me up at Sheldon Alexander. Here to take your question. It's on a crazy, wild game by the Toronto Raptors against the Nets. And of course, if you can't listen live for whatever reason, you know, it's tired. Maybe you got to wake up early. The game already went late. We got you covered because this becomes a podcast, which you can find on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and of course, YouTube. Huge shout out to the podcast community listening and contributing to this show. But let's get to the shits, as they like to say. That's my hat tip to Joe Budden and company. But let's get to it. That was an amazing game. So much fun. That is, if you watch that and you are not entertained, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know how you could watch that game and be like, the NBA sucks or the NBA is boring. That was so much fun. And I know that for Raptors fans, you know, maybe... Maybe people aren't aware that the Nets have turned the corner. The Nets have really become a solid NBA team this season, even with dealing with a lot of injuries. They had Karis LeVert, who was off to such a great start. He went down with injury, but the Nets have really played well throughout the second part of this, the first half, I guess the second quarter of the season, if that makes sense. But the Nets are on a roll, and this could be a potential matchup for the Raps in the first half, in the playoffs, in the first round. And wow. What a game it was. 127-125. Raptors win. A back-and-forth affair. The Nets just shooting the lights out in this game. And the Raptors, at times, at times, things kind of looked off for the Raptors, right? Even late in the game, it almost looked like they were they might have blown that game. At the very end, they missed a couple wide-open looks before Kawhi just buried some shots to ice it. They got some defensive stops. But if you watch Raptors over the last couple of years, and even the Raptors this year, they've had some tough games where down the stretch, they just can't figure it out. This wasn't one of those games, though. They figured out a way to get it done. And to me, my biggest takeaway of this game is the fact that this is a different Raptors team that we've seen before. I'm going to give an early shout out to my guy, Trizzy, one of the guys I work with at Sportsnet. Um, huge Raptor fan. But he, he just went to Twitter and was giving the plea to Raptor fans to enjoy this season. And, hey, if you're here listening, you're a fan of the Ball on Blast podcast, this is something I've been saying from the start of the year. Enjoy this ride. And this only continues so much more because of the additions of Marcus Gasol and, to a lesser extent, Patrick McCaw. The reason why I'm saying this is because this is such a different team than the Toronto Raptors. Let's take a step back for a second, right? And look at what... The naysayers had to say about the Raptors year in and year out throughout this little five-year run where the Raps have been in the playoffs but have had playoff failures, right? Solid regular seasons, 
But then when the moment gets tough, they failed in the playoffs, right? No one can deny that. It's facts, right? The receipts are there. We've seen it. But let's look at how this team is different than those prior Toronto Raptors teams, okay? Just a difference in players. And not only the difference in players, but the people that you've replaced these guys with. So if you remove DeMar DeRozan, right? You remove JV, you remove CJ Miles, DeLon Wright, you remove all those guys off your team. But more importantly, you've replaced them with Kawhi Leonard, a finals MVP, Danny Green, an NBA champ, right? Marcus Gasol, a guy who's been through playoff battles before, right? A guy that's been there. He's not going to be afraid of the moment. A guy like Patrick McCaw. Patrick McCaw has played minutes for the Golden State Warriors on their championship runs. You've now taken what was a weakness of the Raptors team in terms of maybe getting a little tight in big time moments. And you've now replaced that team with so many key intricate pieces of guys who have been there before. And that to me is a difference of this Toronto Raptors team. And you saw that in this game. If you know too, I know Kawhi, I've always said this, Kawhi has missed a bunch of shots at the very end of the game, right? But I always said, I've never been worried about that because those, those shots are just make or miss. You're going to make some of them. You're going to miss some of them. It, it's going to even out in the end because he's a good player. And can you get your shot off? Yes or no? That's all it comes down to, right? I wasn't really worried about that. But all the talk about Kawhi not being clutch, it doesn't take into account the three shots he has to hit to get the Raptors to that buzzer beater game winning shot, right? So tonight, because he hits that shot and it's a bank, we're going to be like, oh, Kawhi's clutch, Kawhi's clutch because he banked in the shot. <laughs> but what about the buckets he hit to get to that point? But what about the plays that he made down the stretch to get Danny Green that three-pointer to tie the game, right? Is This is just a different team. And the, the, the main point, enjoy this run because what you're watching is crazy. 30 points for Kawhi Leonard, eight assists in this game on 10 of 20 shooting. What a performance. There's great performances all around by the Toronto Raptors in this game, and it didn't start off that way, right? We'll say that. It didn't start off that way. But I want to emphasize key moments here by, again, these dudes that weren't on the Raptors team before, but now you see them, and they're contributing. And, yes, Gasol's going to get the headlines. Yes, Kawhi's going to get the headlines, and those guys deserve it. But Patrick McCaw put in work in this game. He was everywhere, and I know we've seen glimpses. We saw glimpses of what McCaw can do. He's always active. He was contributing. He was everywhere. But at the end of the day, he finally had some buckets. He finally looked confident where, you know, he was handling the ball and aggressively going to the basket or shooting jumpers in rhythm, and that's big, right? Massive game for Patrick McCaw, but... There's a lot of comments here. Maybe I should get to the comments first so that I don't get super far behind, and then we'll start going through the actual game. But lots of people fired up, as you should be, because that was an outstanding game, top to bottom, from the Toronto Raptors. And the team, the roster, is legit. And a reminder for all those people that were questioning, like, if you were really out here trying to compare Jonas Valanciunas to Mark Gasol, admit that you don't watch... Grizzlies games, or you don't know enough about the game of basketball. And that's okay. It's totally fine. I understand that. But just from the beginning of the conversation, 
I think it's necessary that you you give that preamble that you're not familiar with the Memphis Grizzlies or Marcus Gasol's resume, because to compare him to Jonas Valanciunas is insulting, right? It is, and and that's not hyperbole. That's not anything crazy. In the two games alone that Marcus Gasol has worn a Toronto Raptors uniform, we've seen him do things that were just not in Jonas Valanciunas's arsenal. And it's almost unfair to JV, just as much as it's unfair to Marc Gasol, to compare those two players, because it's just not fair. And I don't mean that as a diss to JV. I'm telling you, it's not fair to, to compare him to Marc Gasol either, right? That run that Gasol had in the, in the fourth quarter with the Raptors bench, that was crazy. You don't see many big guys that are in the entire league. Forget about the Toronto Raptors and the Toronto Raptors history of centers. But that run that Marc Gasol had, where he was cooking with that bench unit, and he got the ball, first move, spun into the lane, jump hook, next time down the floor, gets it, spins the other way, baseline for the dunk, could have been an and one, they didn't even call it. Then the Raptors have the set play, Gasol runs a give and go, hits McCaw with the no-look pass under the basket for the sweet dime. Then he bangs in a three-pointer. Like, then followed that up with another sweeping hook. It was just crazy to watch a dude take over the game for that little run. But just to be able to do it in so many different ways, that's the impressive part. Because how do you stop that? Seriously, how do you stop that? The plays that my guy was making from the high post where he gets a ball and he's just waiting for cutters. Looks off the defender, hits a cutter the other way. I think it was McCaw going, going to the basket that time where he hit him on the cut. It's, it's incredible. But from that, let's go back to the beginning of the game because Marcus Hall didn't start. Marcus Hall came off the bench. I'd like to hear what people think about that decision of Nick Nurse to continue to have Marcus Hall come off the bench. And I mean, hey, he's only been with the team for a couple days. He might not know all the sets. He's obviously not used to playing with the starters yet. So I there's some understanding there. But I'll ask that question and then read a bunch of the comments of what you guys think about Mark Gasol coming off the bench for the Toronto Raptors. But I'll get to some of your comments just about the game because I saw a lot of things pop in right away as soon as the feed went up. So I'll start here on Instagram. And someone on Instagram says, what a time to be a Raptors fan. Uh, another comment says, give a big shout out to a Raps fan in Yellowknife. Sure. We the North Movement all over the place, right? Shouts to Yellowknife. Another comment here says, Nurse is a Don. Okay, cool. I'll take that. I'll, I'll get to my thoughts on Nick Nurse and what's going on with the starting lineup soon. Uh, shouts to Bellamo. I see you in the chat here. Bellamo says, Chris Haynes reports the Raps are very interested in signing Markeith uh, Morris. True. We'll get to that a little later as well. Obviously, we know the Raps, it looks like they're about to get Jeremy Lin as well. Something we'll talk about a little later in this podcast. But... More comments from Instagram. Again, thanks to everyone tuning in and giving their takes early on here on the podcast. Someone says, dope game. Following comment says, Gasol fits perfectly. Here's the thing, though. I feel like Mark Gasol fits perfectly anywhere. Because what team can't use a big guy with a high basketball IQ, great passing skills, solid defender, a smart defender? Like, what team can't use that, <laughs> Right? And I was watching that game at the end thinking, should they bring Gasol back in at the end of the game just to get another playmaker on the floor 
just so that maybe you can run something other than here Kawhi get a bucket. It was interesting. I mean, it, it great that the Raptors won the game, but as mentioned, far too often the offense kind of just falls into hey Kawhi make a play, and then it's just Kawhi ISO make or miss. Gasol with those guys can get Kawhi an easy bucket, can get Kyle an open three, get Danny an open three, or maybe even hit Pascal cutting to the basket, right? It's just a different look than Serge Ibaka gives you late in the game. But hey, either way, I'm just throwing stuff out there. I'm not saying I'm right, not saying I'm wrong. Just throwing out my opinion, just like everyone else, right? Uh, here we go. On Instagram, someone says, it feels different. Definitely does. Uh, another comment, Gasol deserved to close. I totally agree with that as well. I think he should have been in the in the lineup late. And I'll give credit to Nick Nurse of how he's easing him in. He's easing him in slowly, of course. But if you pay attention to how the rotation was working, Gasol obviously comes off the bench, but near for the big chunk of the second quarter and a big chunk of the fourth quarter, he's rotating. he rotated the minutes so that Gasol got a solid run with the starters as well in that Serge Ibaka spot. So even though he was coming off the bench, he still got enough time to where he got to cook with the starters. So we did get to see a look of what that, that Raptors lineup looks like, and they had a great run. I think it was in the second quarter that kind of had me looking like, oh man, this could be a thing, right? Mark Gasol's line in this game, 22 minutes, Seven of nine from the floor for 16 points, six rebounds, two assists, which again feels like that easily could have been five or six or seven assists for Mark Gasol. But he looked great. A steal, a block, because again, that's just what he does. But a solid game for Mark Gasol. I'm so excited. Like I, Some of those passes that he was making, I was getting giddy. <laughs> I really was. And I was saying this earlier to a bunch of dudes, a bunch of my boys I work with. We we're talking about Marcus Allen. I was saying I feel kind of weird gushing about him because I feel like such a basketball nerd or a basketball loser because I'm appreciating his like patience when he gets the ball and like hitting guys on the back cut or setting solid screens and then being able to pick and pop so easily or appreciating his sweeping jump hook. Like it just sounds like such basketball loser talk, but I don't care, right? Like, I'm appreciating that level, that skill level of Marcus Gasol and that high basketball IQ, which, again, you got to give Masai Ujiri and Bobby Webster a lot of credit for what they did with this Raptors roster to overhaul a team and a lineup that went through so many playoff failures, but to replace a lot of those guys with key dudes who have been through playoff battles before, right? Because we anticipate that Gasol will be in the starting lineup, but either or, right? If you have Gasol, Danny Green, and Kawhi Leonard, that's three guys that have been through it. You add in Patrick McCaw, that's another guy that's been through it. And McCaw, again, he looked really confident. If you get that Patrick McCaw every night, then I don't even know what people are talking about about losing uh, DeLon Wright. Because I really wonder if people pay attention to what's going on, right? Masai has been plotting this out from time. There is a reason why early on you saw a lot of minutes for Lorenzo Brown. He realized that Lorenzo Brown's not ready yet. So we let go of Lorenzo Brown, brought in Patrick McCaw, 
got him on the cheap, got him on a good deal, but knew that Patrick McCaw is a guy that got minutes for the Golden State Warriors. And within that offense, that means you're a high IQ player. If you're getting minutes there, you're a high IQ player. You're used to passing the ball. You know how to read and react in an offense. It's not even about what your offensive sets are because so much of it is reading and reacting and cutting. And, you know, like he just knows how to play the game of basketball to make things simple, right? To put it as simplistically as I can. McCaw, 13 points, five of nine shooting. Add that to all of his hustle plays because he, again, was all over the place. And if that's the Patrick McCaw you're getting on a consistent basis, you're getting him off the bench. We know Norm consistently has been pretty solid off the bench. Had a bit of a, a slow night tonight, but still gave solid minutes. But if you're getting that Patrick McCaw off your bench and then adding as well Jeremy Lin, uh, this Raptors team is stacked with a ton of options and a ton of different options that are that are important because again Kyle Lowry his his back is still an issue right we don't know when that's going to flare up again also just found out that uh Fred Van Fleet will be out at least three weeks so in a normal situation you would need a lot more from Kyle Lowry with Freddie down right with Fred Van Fleet injured you would need a lot more from Kyle Lowry but what we saw tonight was Kyle Lowry played solid, 13 points, 7 assists, 6 rebounds, and he had the tough task of guarding D'Angelo Russell, and D'Angelo Russell went to work. There's a moment where D'Angelo Russell was giving Kyle Lowry the business. But I give Kyle Lowry credit because he took the punch and fought back a little. Because I've been saying this, Kyle Lowry is not going to be the same Kyle Lowry, peak power Kyle Lowry, peak all-star Kyle Lowry that is able to give you that 25 to 30, right? He's not going to be able to go at D'Angelo Russell the whole game, but you need it in spurts. And Kyle Lowry was able to do that tonight. But the fact that he was able to do that in spurts tonight meant that you were getting offensive ball movement from your other players, your other playmakers. Again, McCaw was great off the bench, moving the ball, just handling the ball. Norm, we've seen do a much better job of doing a lot of the ball handling with the bench unit as well. We mentioned with that second unit, you lose Freddie, but you know you can run a lot of your offense through Gasol while he's coming off the bench. And again, Kawhi. Kawhi with a team high, eight assists in this game. Crazy. Kawhi Leonard's another person I want to talk about in this game because he had a great night tonight. But coming in, he was seven for his last 26 shots over the last two games, right? Kind of struggled, kind of looked sluggish. It was two games. Nick Nurse said coming into this game, quote, I just think he's got to get a bit more engaged, just a little bit more engaged and look for some more motivation to go out there and do his thing. I always say go out there and destroy some people. You got to get motivated, close quote. Now, <laughs> I understand what Nick Nurse is trying to do, and we can argue till the cows come home whether or not that worked because obviously Kawhi played a better game tonight. Didn't start off well, but he played a better game tonight. I think he started, what, like 0 for 5 in this game, maybe 1 for 6. So who knows if Nick Nurse's motivation worked. But I just found that weird. Because if you're Nick Nurse, what do you have to gain by calling out Kawhi Leonard in the media? What do you have to gain by that? Kawhi Leonard's a vet. Kawhi Leonard 
has shown you obviously that he can perform and when it matters the most, he will be there for the team in the playoffs. So what good does it do to go to the media and talk about you need him to be a little bit more engaged against the Knicks in February? Like, that's what we're talking about? Like, what, what do you have to... I just don't understand what you have to gain by that, right? Like, you need him to go out and drop 40 on the Knicks at MSG? Why? So he can field more questions about the Knicks cap space and where and a possible destination. Like it just didn't make sense. Like, again, what was the desired outcome? You're trying to motivate him. Like, I don't need Kawhi Leonard to be motivated on February 10th for what? Why? You just need Kawhi Leonard to be healthy come playoff time. And you know that he'll flick the switch and it's just, he, he's going to get busy. I just found it weird. And I'm not saying that Kawhi Leonard, is going to look at that and say, I'm not coming back to Toronto because Nick Nurse said I wasn't motivated in the middle of the season. I'm not saying that because I don't know if that's a thing. I don't know anything about Kawhi Leonard. None of us do, right? I just don't see the point in calling him out. Like, what do you have to gain? Like, you're not going to motivate him by doing that. Like, that doesn't make any sense. Like, Nick Nurse motivating Kawhi Leonard. Like, really? I just didn't understand it. That's just me. Either way, I don't know. I, I didn't get it. It didn't make sense because you didn't have much to gain, but you had a lot to lose, if that makes sense, right? Because you don't know if he's going to see that and be like, okay, who's this guy? Weird, but whatever. Shouts to Nick Nurse. He's dealt with a lot this season. He's in a very tough position, and he's reacted very well. He's had a very good year. Shouts to Nick Nurse, but I'm just saying I found that really weird after two random games where Kawhi didn't play well and you decide to go to the media and say he needs to look, be a bit more engaged and find more motivation. I mean, looking up at that Knicks roster, I think we'd all need motivation to get up for that game, no? Anyways, more comments. Instagram, someone says, oh, shouts to this comment here. This person says, Shelly Shell's got the best Raptors potty. That's how I'm feeling tonight. <laughs> Appreciate that, that shout out. Thank you. Uh, someone else says, McCaw finally looking confident. Yeah, man, I wonder if someone had a conversation with them. You know, the Raptors have practiced a lot lately. They've gotten some practice time in. Um, it was mentioned that Gasol obviously got a lot of film time in. Who knows what McCaw's been doing as well. But as time has progressed, tonight was the first night where you saw him aggressively step into taking jumpers. He was had, had a tendency to play hot potato in the first few games where you get the ball, kind of just pass it away, wasn't looking for a shot at all. And tonight... My guy looked confident, stepped right into a three. There was a play where you saw him grab a huge offensive rebound and take it coast to coast for a layup. Like, he looked good, man. McCall looked really good. Uh, someone said, good to see Kawhi finally close a game with a bucket. For sure. And, and again, the thing with Kawhi is even in, I'll say this, and I know I'm, I'm taking this from Kenny Smith because that rep, Everybody reps the TNT panel, right? But one of the things that Kenny Smith says all the time, it's, it's the NBA. We talk about the best players in the world. And sometimes basketball in its most basic form is it just your best players and it's a make or miss league, right? Kawhi Leonard had two tough games, but he's just missing shots. It's not like he wasn't doing anything else. He was still rebounding. He was still getting assists. He was still playing defense, right? Like he was still doing stuff. He just missed a couple shots over a two-game span. And tonight, 
those shots went in. I don't know. Sometimes it seems simple to me, but maybe I'm crazy, right? I don't know. Let's get to some more comments. Let me go to Twitter, actually, because I know I saw a bunch of people on Twitter as well, and there's a bunch of comments there. I'm going to try to get to all of them, but let's see. Oh, I see my guy Chris Black says, sponsored by Clean Cuts, my boy Skip. Yes, you are correct. Shouts to Skip and Clean Cuts and Chris Black. Uh, someone says, I like how Toronto's best clutch players are consistently Kawhi and Danny Green. Masai fleeced us. Uh, I wonder if this guy this guy has to be a Spurs fan. Because, yes, Masai did fleece you. <laughs> Kawhi and Danny Green down the stretch. Whether these guys... because. I always like to say this. The stop that Danny Green got at the very end of the game on D'Angelo Russell is just as important as the bucket that he made to tie the game. We just don't look at it like that, right? Because a defensive stop doesn't make the highlight pack. The defensive stop doesn't make it on the Instagram. We'll see the three that Danny Green hit, but the defense that Danny Green plays and brings to this Raptors team is so big. And for those people, if you follow me on Twitter you'll notice I posted a video just before halftime, right? Because a big part of this game and a big part of the early run by the Nets was Joe Harris was just on fire. He started 5 of 6 from 3 in the first quarter, but by halftime, the Nets were up 4. Joe Harris was 7 of 8 for 22 points, and he was just wetting shots. Coming off screens, wetting shots. Again, 7 of 8 from 3 for 22 points. The Nets shot 13 of 23 from 3 and had 20 assists on their 22 field goals made in the first half. That's crazy, right? But again, if you went to my Twitter account, there's a video I posted from just before halftime. And there's a play where Danny Green gets screened. He's covering Joe Harris. And again, after the third three, you kind of got to adjust your game plan on Joe Harris, but the Raps didn't do that in the first half. But anyways, as the play went, Danny Green gets, he gets set on a screen. It looks like they're supposed to switch, but Siakam kind of froze and there's a little bit of indecision and Harris runs off a couple more screens. Siakam's late to cover him and Harris splashed in, I think it was his sixth or, or his seventh three of the first half. The reason why I highlighted that play, though, was because of what happened after. Danny Green turns to the bench, and I don't know if he was saying, like, obviously, I'm not a lip reader. I don't know. But it appeared to either be he was mad about the fact that they should be switching, or maybe the call was for them to switch, and Siakam just didn't. But either way, he did not look happy. He was yelling at the bench, and then turned, and Siakam had something to say, and Danny Green had something to say back to him. But obviously, this was a point of contention. And again, defense matters to those guys. And I'm talking those guys as in Kawhi and Danny Green. Defense matters. And if you think about what happened from the first half, again, Joe Harris with 22 points. How many points do you think Joe Harris finished this game with after 22 points in the first half? Oh, wait, I'll give you some time. He finished with 24 points. <laughs> right? 22 points in the first half, two points in the second half. Why is that? The Raptors decided to lock him down on defense, put the clamps on him. And I tweeted this earlier on in the game too. The biggest thing with what was happening to Joe Harris was he was just getting open looks. The Raps weren't forcing him to dribble. 
He was just getting clean looks in rhythm, coming off screens and splashing shots. And in the second half, you noticed that the Raptors were playing, and Danny Green in particular, they're playing tight defense on him and running him off the line, crowding his airspace, making him think about it so that he wasn't just shooting threes in rhythm. And if you look at what happened late in that game, we talked about the stop that Danny Green made on uh, D'Angelo Russell to contest his last second three. What we didn't talk about was a Joe Harris shot after, or sorry, after Danny Green hits the three, Joe Harris gets the ball at the three-point line and the Raptors run out at him, force him to put the ball on the ground, and now he has to hit a jump shot while moving. And that's a completely different part of his game, right? You got to remember, it's the NBA. So you have specialists, guys that just do things really well, but in one way and one way only. When you make Joe Harris have to put the ball on the ground, he's not nearly as effective. And you saw that. And in crunch time, the Raptors' defense was the reason why they won this game, just as much as the offense. And we highlighted it last podcast, and I'll highlight it again. You look at that Raptors roster, Danny Green is a former first-team all-defense. Kawhi Leonard, defensive MVP, defensive player of the year. Marcus Gasol, defensive player of the year. Serge Ibaka, all-defensive first-team. Kyle Lowry, I'm pretty sure leads the NBA in charges taken. These guys defend. These guys defend. And even if you extend that, we know about the kind of defender that Siakam is, being able to change positions, switch everything when he's locked in. Same goes for OG. Same goes for Norman Powell. Same goes for Patrick McCaw. Notice the theme here? And this is why I've been confident about the Raptors heading into the playoffs and why I'm getting even more confident is because defense wins. Defense travels, right? That's what matters in the playoffs, defense. Because whatever the hostile crowd you're playing against, if your shot's not falling, your defense will always be able to keep you in games. Sorry, I got fired up there. I get passionate about basketball nerd stuff like defense. My bad. <laughs> Let's get to more comments because there's a lot here on Twitter. Uh, someone says, last year's team wouldn't have had the patience to swing, swing, and make that Danny Green three. You got to credit Kawhi Leonard there, right? That's his dude. You heard him say it in the post game as well, that he was looking for Danny Green because that's what Danny Green does. But the patience that Kawhi Leonard has shown, and I'll, I'll go back to the beginning of the year when he was struggling a bit with those late last second shots. I feel like he was forcing it a lot. And what we've seen from Kawhi Leonard as of late has been his ability to accept the double team, retreat dribble, which is something, again, another basketball nerd term that, you know, if you played ball at a certain level, you'll know what the retreat dribble is. But you see the double team, you kind of back up, see where the double team is coming from, and you're finding the open man. We've seen Kawhi Leonard do a much better job of that as of late to where his eyes are wide, his head's up while he's dribbling. He's, it's not just head down and he's barreling to the basket. And I'm not going to mention names because I don't want to be called a hater, but if you go back to prior Toronto Raptors teams, especially in crunch time, a lot of the offense would be, let's just put my head down, barrel to the basket, and try to get a foul. Driving out of control, trying to get a foul, the ref doesn't call it, and then we're complaining to the ref. We're seeing a lot of different a different angle of that from Kawhi Leonard. 
looking for Danny Green because he knows the resume. He's witnessed the resume of Danny Green. And Raptors fans are finding that out too. And the crowd's finding that out too. I said this from the start of the year. I'm almost surprised when Danny Green misses a three. And I know that's rid- that's a ridiculous thing to say. But when he misses, I'm surprised. I expect him to hit every single shot he takes. That's just how good of a shooter he is. And that only goes up in crunch time. More comments here. Uh, OG looked a lot better tonight. Everyone was straight hustling. Funny thing was, I tweeted out, OG had a, a turnover. He had a couple bad turnovers. He had a play where he tried to pass to Gasol, but he should have taken the shot. And right as I tweeted out, oh no, is OG about to lose his spot in the rotation? The like next two plays was OG looking super athletic, getting to the basket, getting an offensive rebound, and putting it back in. Then on the next play, stealing the ball off the offensive player at like half court, taking it all the way to the other end and getting the lay-in, which should have been an and one. I don't think they called and one on it, but getting the tough layup to end the first half, I'm pretty sure it was. It was either a first half or the third or the end of the third quarter, but either way it was to close out a quarter. And it was just like, I couldn't have tweeted that at a worse time. But the main point is, this is going to be a good problem to have for the Toronto Raptors because you have OG, if you have OG playing well, that means him, Norman Powell, Patrick McCaw, Jeremy Lin, Freddie, like these guys, you're going to have a battle for bench minutes because again, you're not going to go 10 deep in the playoffs. I think as Raptors fans, we learned that last year after all the talk of the bench mob and how your bench is going to be able to do this and that in the playoffs. I think we learned that lesson last year. There's going to be a fight for minutes because you're going to need to know who your eight, eight guys you're going to need to trust. So who are those guys going to be? Right, Because you assume it's going to be one of the big guys, whoever isn't starting between Serge and, well, let's say Serge, because Marcus All better be starting. But, you know, who, who are those next two to three spots? For OG, Norm, Freddie, Jeremy Lin. Like, there's a lot of guys that could be getting minutes there, right? So everything's going to have to be earned over the next 20-plus games heading into the end of the season. Apologies, I'm rambling too much because I'm so hype about this game. That was such a great game. And even the Raptors crowd was hyped up after that game as well. That was a cool thing to see because we don't see enough of the hyped up Raptors fans as we've seen in years past, right? The crowd's not as fired up as it normally or as these teams deserve, but also as we've seen when this first, the first couple runs that this Raptors team has had. The old Brooklyn Nets, right? The the F Brooklyn Nets, like that era of Raptors crowds are a lot different and a lot louder than we've seen this time around, no? But tonight, there seemed to be a buzz. Maybe a bit of it was Gasol. Maybe a bit of it is just, you know, the hype is finally here because it's the final stretch of the season, heading into the All-Star break on a high note. Raptors have been playing great at home. I don't know. There appeared to be a bit more of a buzz in the building, which seemed cool. More comments. Any other time this... Oh, sorry, I read that one already. Uh, last year's team might not have overcome a 20 for 43 point night from the opponent. I mean, the Nets, they didn't stop. 20 for 41 from three-point land in this game. Again, 20 for 41. They shot 48.8% from three. And the Raptors won this game. 
It's a great point. I don't know if the Raptors survived that. They only shot nine of 31, the Raptors from three-point land. So your opponents shoot 48%, pretty much 49%. You shoot 29%. Raptors still find a way to win. I don't know, man. That's what good teams do. And we know the Raptors have a good team. More comments here. McCaw got some confidence from the open looks that Mark was giving him. Totally true. More comments. I like Gasol playing with the bench. It definitely gave them a boost. So, yeah, I told you guys earlier, I wanted to ask you guys what you think of Gasol coming off the bench or Gasol starting. I'm firmly in the camp that Mark Gasol has to start. Mark Gasol is one of the best centers in the league. He didn't acquire one of the best centers in the league to come off the bench. And I know he gives the bench a boost. That's cool, but it's way more important to give your starters a boost, right? And if there's one thing that we've seen, if there's one issue that, you know, has plagued the Raptors this season, and there haven't been many, again, because the Raptors are what, 42 and 16? So there's not many negatives to point at when you're talking about the Raptors season so far. But if there is something, it's the continued chemistry of Kyle Lowry, Kawhi Leonard, and just the Raptors starting unit. Is there enough chemistry there? Is there enough ball movement there? Or is it just kind of still Kawhi getting most of his buckets off of ISO ball? Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think adding Mark Gasol to your starting unit will make things a lot easier for Kawhi Leonard. He won't have to force as many shots, not nearly as many shots. I also think Mark Gasol in the starting lineup will help Kyle Lowry scoring. Kyle Lowry, right now, the pressure's on Kyle Lowry because he's creating for surge. We talked about that, right? We talked about Kyle Lowry talking to Russell Westbrook, like picking Russ's brain about how to get Serge Ibaka going, and we've seen the pick-and-pop game between Kyle Lowry and Serge and how, that, how well that's worked. Another big night for Serge, 18-12 and 12 tonight, 9 of 13 shooting. But Kyle Lowry's entrusted with getting Serge Ibaka his shots. Kyle Lowry's also trusted with having to get Siakam his shots. We see the chemistry of Kyle Lowry getting the hustle plays from Siakam, right? But what about Danny Green and Kawhi? I think that you can adjust your starter's minutes so that Serge Ibaka moves to the bench, but a lot of his minutes still come with Kyle Lowry, so you don't lose that pick-and-pop chemistry that those two guys have built. But now with Mark Gasol in your starting lineup, with those weapons around him, with Siakam and Kawhi cutting to the basket, with Kyle Lowry and Danny Green just sitting in the corner waiting to splash threes, and Mark Gasol being able to do all of the things that Mark Gasol can do, that's scary. I think Mark Gasol definitely should come off the bench, but with that, or sorry, I definitely think Mark Gasol should be starting. But with that said, I understand what Nick Nurse is doing in terms of trying to ease him in. And again, if you're easing him in and my guy is putting up 16 and 6 in 22 minutes with the bench, man, what is he going to do with the starters? It's scary, man. It's scary. And most importantly, a great problem to have here, the Toronto Raptors. If you're talking about, oh no, you're going to have to put Serge Ibaka on the bench, who's averaging career highs, or at least for sure his best number since the OKC days, right? 
more comments. I see this podcast is at the 40 minute mark right now, but there's a lot of comments and I always try to get to a lot of the comments when we have a lot of people tuning in. So, and I appreciate that so much. Cause again, this is what this podcast is about. I want to hear from the fans. I want to create a platform for the fans to have your voices heard because Hey, this season is about Raptors fans getting to enjoy the best year in Raptors franchise history. And a game like tonight was getting to see that, that dream, you know, come true. More comments. Uh, good game. Still think Nurse should run better sets in clutch, in my opinion. That's a valid point, but I think adding Marcus Gasol helps that. Because in the clutch, they're either giving it to Kawhi, making him create a play, or it's a Kyle and Serge pick and pop. I just think adding Marc Gasol gives you another option of plays that you can run because you trust him to make a key pass. You trust him to have the ball and read and react. So now you have him and Kyle and Kawhi. All of them have the ability to create a play in the clutch. That's going to be crazy. Here's a question. Uh, who would be your eighth and ninth in playoff rotation? Lynn, OG, Powell, and McCaw. To be honest... And I, I asked this question earlier because when the Raptors made the trade, there's a lot of talk of people, you know, the JV and uh, the JV comparisons to Marc Gasol, which, as mentioned, I thought were the most ridiculous things ever. It made no sense. But that was one thing that was ridiculous. But the other thing that people were talking about was, oh, the Raptors gave up their depth in giving up uh, <laughs> CJ Miles and DeLon Wright when – CJ Miles wasn't playing anyways, and DeLont Wright was your backup, backup point guard. But now you're in a position where you're talking about Patrick McCaw and Jeremy Lin instead of DeLont Wright. And I ask this question, and feel free to comment either right now or if you're listening to the podcast, wherever you're listening to your podcast, but answer this question for me. How do you rank DeLont Wright, Jeremy Lin, and Patrick McCaw? I know they might be different styled players with different strengths and weaknesses, but just overall in terms of how good they are, how do you rank those guys? And the reason I ask that is because I don't think there's much of a difference. <laughs> and so again, I just bring this up because I found it hilarious. The people that were like, I don't understand this trade of trading away Jonas Valanciunas, DeLon Wright, and CJ Miles for Marcus Gasol. I never understood the people that were that were even questioning it or that were hesitating about it because like it's your backup backup point guard. You can find another backup backup point guard anywhere. <laughs> like they just did. <laughs> right? Oh man, this is crazy. But to answer your question, sorry. Who would be the 8th or ninth in the playoff rotation? We've 20 games to find out. And I, I feel like you leave it up to them. Because you're going to have enough games especially now that Freddie's out. You might want to rest Kyle at certain points, but these guys are going to have enough of an opportunity to where they make the decision for you. I definitely think Norm, with his past playoff performances, he's probably going to be in there for sure. He earns that. And I don't know, man. OG's kind of been inconsistent this year, but there's a lot been going on with OG. Jeremy Lin or McCaw, I'd probably go McCaw because I'll always value defense and effort. But it's interesting, and it's, a, again, a great problem to have. But I feel like 
those players will make that decision because there's going to be a lot of opportunity for them to do it. More comments. Uh, this from Twitter. Nurse needs to stop being cute and start Big Spain. <laughs> I don't disagree. I think that's going to come. He's just taking it easy with them. I don't, I don't necessarily agree. I would have liked to see Gasol start tonight. Uh, side note. Uh, go online. If you haven't seen it, look for the video of the Raptors player intro. And... If you've been paying attention, you know Kyle Lowry's intro is pretty unique. It's kind of like a workout theme where a bunch of guys are like sit-ups and push-ups and like Kyle comes through and high-fives everyone. <laughs> well, there's a video from tonight and you can see Mark Gasol standing there watching it, but he's just super confused. <laughs> and you don't, you can't blame him, right? Like, how would you expect to, like, he's probably like, what is happening right now? Like, why is everybody doing sit-ups? but it just looks super funny but anyways watch that because it looks kind of funny but yeah Marcus all should start I'm with you there more comments and there's so much I'm gonna try to get to all of them but I apologize if I don't uh oh I see oh yes Ton B I see you he says McCaw greater than Delon right totally agree with you there uh let's see another comment on Twitter I feel that all the new additions is slowly helping clean up the DeRozan stank. <laughs> Yo, I'm not going that hard. But I'm just saying, you're a lot of the things that were weaknesses about Raptors players, trust in the big moments, the Raptors players, the perceived notion of them fearing LeBron, not really showing up in the playoffs, you're adding guys who have been through playoff battles, and that's key. Another comment. Gasol's veteran leadership is so obvious. His enthusiasm to be here in this position is undeniable. I totally agree. My guy is fired up. Uh, Bellamo brought it up on the last podcast. The fact that he gave up the trade kicker money to help the Raptors either save money, whether it's towards a luxury tax or whether it's to add other, other pieces, that's a guy that's rejuvenated by getting a chance to play for a team that's in the playoffs that has serious finals aspirations. The other thing I thought that was cool, I don't know if you guys caught it, but in his post game after the Knicks game on Saturday, he talked about how surprised he was at how many Raptors fans were there. That's going to be a theme that continues, right? Because unless you are on the Raptors, you wouldn't know about their traveling fan base, right? You wouldn't be that familiar with it. But I think off the top of my head, I know they got two games against Detroit, I'm pretty sure. That's going to be all Raptors fans, right? And you're Mark Gasol, you're already hyped up to come to this team, and now you're playing at the Mecca, and you're hearing, let's go Raptors chants? You're hearing an ovation as you check into the game? How's that not going to juice you a little bit more, right? Uh, more comments here from Twitter. As for comparisons, JV was mostly a North-South player, Gasol is three-dimensional. I love that description. I love that description. Yeah. JV was going to get the ball, up fake, up fake, go downhill towards the basket. Whereas Gasol, who knows? We saw it. Again, that run that he had in the fourth quarter. I don't know if JV's put together four plays like that in the same game before, much less Gasol doing that all in a row. Where he spun into the lane, sweeping hook. Next play, again, Drop step, dunk baseline, next play, no look pass, dime, next play, three-pointer, <laughs> right? That's a full repertoire right there. 
I was giddy watching that. I was super excited. Crowd was fired up. Like, I don't know. How does that even not give Kawhi Leonard an extra boost? I know you might not see it on his face because Kawhi, you know, but if you're Kawhi, how does that not give you a little extra juice seeing that guy added to the team as well? Masai is a G. However you want to slice it, Masai is a G. Never forget that. Always trust in Masai. Because if you're going to look at what he just did at the deadline and you brought in Mark Gasol, Jeremy Lin, and if there's rumors of getting Markeith Morris and you sent out JV, DeLon Wright, Monroe, and CJ Miles? What? <laughs> Masai is a G. Period. Uh, more comments. Uh, this person on Twitter says, some internal competition is good. Totally true. 1,000% agree with that. Uh, when the Raps get their full roster and rhythm, Gasol should start. Question is, who starts at the four? Uh, I think you still start Siakam. Because here's the thing, and maybe the Celtics are the best example of this, right? The reason why I would start Siakam over uh, Ibaka at the four is because much like Danny Green, Siakam is about playing defense and energy plays. You need guys to go along with your starting lineup that don't always need the ball to contribute. And that's kind of the Celtics problem right now. They have too many guys that need the ball. Whereas if you're Danny Green, he doesn't need the ball to contribute. He'll still play solid defense. He'll rebound. Same goes for Siakam, right? And then Serge... If Serge is fooding like this against starters, what's Serge going to do when he's getting the, the secondary bench matchups every night? It's going to be more food for Serge. And again, the biggest thing, I don't know about you guys, I've been super happy with what Serge Ibaka has done this season, but I wasn't really counting on this to last for the whole season and through a deep run of Serge Ibaka playing like this. I was expecting a regression at some point, and I think by adding Marc Gasol, you've just now upped the chances of Serge continuing to maintain this high level of play because he doesn't have to go all out every single night against the other team's starters. He doesn't have to guard Joel Embiid anymore for 35-plus minutes. But now, when they play the Sixers, you have Gasol to take that matchup, but Serge comes in for a, 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 a fresh or a frouche 25 minutes against Joel Embiid, who's going to be tired because he's just been guarding Marc Gasol, right? Like, this is a great problem for the Raps to have. Uh, let's see, more comments here. There's so many comments. Thanks again to you guys for for sending me so many comments here, both on Instagram and on Twitter, because that makes a podcast for real, especially when I'm here doing it, quote-unquote, alone, and I'm doing air quotes because... I'm never alone because you guys got me covered. Uh, more comments on Twitter. Uh, Jeremy Lin fans going to give the crowd extra juice. That's totally true. We haven't really talked about that yet in this pod, but Jeremy Lin is a great addition. It's just point guard depth. And also now with the news of Fred Van Fleet being out for three, at least three weeks because it could be longer with an injury to his left thumb. Poor Freddie, by the way. Can't catch a break. But Jeremy Lin just... He's a solid NBA backup point guard. He should give the Raptors minutes. Hey, if that adds a little more juice to the fans, I'm here for that too. Cool. I will always remember Lynn Sanity because it, it was just such a crazy moment, right? 
And I was covering the NBA at the time. I worked at another network. And we used to do this segment called Extra Access. <laughs> it was a TMZ, like, news-style debate segment. And Jeremy Lin had people so hyped for that two-week run that people were seriously throwing out things like, are the Knicks really, should the Knicks hand over the team to Jeremy Lin and think about trading Mello? <laughs> to which, and I'm not just saying it was just us talking about that. Like, those were questions that Mello was getting asked and Mello was laughing it off. Like, should, Jer should he be passing the ball more to Jeremy Lin? And it was just kind of ridiculous because if you're paying attention, you know, hey, this is a fun ride. But as we say often about the NBA, it takes a couple of weeks for the scouting report to get out, right? And eventually that's what happened to Jeremy Lin. But in the meantime, before the scouting report got out, <laughs> what a time to be alive for Knicks fans and Jeremy Lin. And the highlight or maybe the peak of Lin's sanity was in Toronto. If you remember that game, he, he went off against the Raptors and it was a tie game. He brought the ball up the floor and everybody in the building, everybody watching on TV knew that Jeremy Lin was feeling himself at that moment that he was going to pull up and shoot a three for the win. Everybody seemed to know that, except your man's Jose Calderon, <laughs> who, to quote Mark Jackson, you know the rules. Hand down, man down. Jeremy Lin hit the game winner and then swaggered himself to half court, just like feeling himself like that was the peak of Lin sanity. And I'll always remember that because the fans were rocking, going crazy. I think shouts to Josh Lewenberg. He said that was probably the loudest. I think it was Josh Lewenberg, so I apologize if it wasn't him and it was someone else. But I feel like it was one of the Raptors beat guys that said, that Lin Sanity game was the loudest he's heard a Raptors crowd for an opposing player other than for Kobe Bryant. So yeah, Lin Sanity was a great moment in time. And it's just funny to, you know, have it all come back around. And now he's a member of the Raptors. And of course, like Jeremy Lin was never a great, great player, but it's just one of those like funny two weeks in the NBA that cannot be replicated because that was just like incomplete. Lin sanity. I was actually about to say insanity for a second there and realized it's probably better to do the cheesy Lin sanity line, right? But yeah, I remember that. That debate, I remember. That segment on Extra Access was so funny because people were so hyped up because we were talking about is this for real? And people actually believed it. Not to pat myself on the back, but I'm going to, anyways, I did have the line at the time and there's receipts. He won't be around next year. <laughs> And I mean, he's around, but yeah, <laughs> it was fun. It's one of those things that only happened in the NBA. It sweeps the nation for two weeks, but Hey, adding more fans to this Raptors fan base. That's already passionate. That's already going crazy because of the additions of Kawhi Leonard and the additions of Marcus Gasol. If you're adding Jeremy Lin to that too, why not? I'm here for it. Anything else that can make the crowd hype. It's going to be cool with me. Um, more comments here. Someone says, DeLon lost his job to undrafted Fred Van Fleet, and OG to me doesn't feel like he has a proper mechanics. Uh, I'm going to stick with the DeLon Wright thing first. You know what's interesting about how this whole Raptors thing played out is the fact that all of these Raptors guys aren't even like high draft picks. Like nobody on the Raptors is a lottery pick, right? There's one person that is, and it's not someone you would suspect. And I think it was after the trade or someone they might've just picked up, but nobody is like a high draft pick. 
it says a lot about, you know, even a guy like Kyle Lowry who, you know, I, I want to give a shout to McAuliffe. McAuliffe always says this about guys, you know, it's about situation. And so it might not work for certain guys might be good NBA players, but their first situation isn't the right place for them to succeed. It might be their third team. And you see that with Kyle Lowry now, right? But it's just funny to see how this, uh, how this is all worked out for Raptors roster that now is, to me, the best team in the East. Uh, someone in the chat, and this is why I big you guys up so much, someone says Macklemore is the only lottery pick on the Raptors. <laughs> Isn't that incredible? The guy they picked up on a 10-day contract that's probably not going to play ever is the only lottery pick on the Raptors. Incredible. I'll do one last check of Instagram here, see the comments, and, you know, I try to keep these podcasts short, but when there's big games and when there's so many people writing in with comments, I want to show love to people. Hey, shout out to Lil Bev, to Jamie, shouts to you. Sent me a message earlier today about Jeremy Lin. I forgot to give you the early shout out, but I didn't forget to give you the shout out. So shouts to you, Jamie. What's up? Thanks for tuning in as always. Um, but yeah, I love shouting you guys out because I want to get to all the comments and I appreciate it so much, you guys tuning in. I'm about to lose my voice, so I got to wrap up kind of soon, <laughs> but uh, let's see. McCaw is going to end up fighting over minutes with Fred Van Fleet. Totally. And the other thing to, to pay attention to is, yo, Van Fleet is going to be reevaluated in three weeks. That doesn't mean he's back in three weeks, right? Um, heads up on Instagram. I'm getting the countdown that said there's only two minutes left, so if I don't wrap up by then, shouts to all you guys on Instagram, but someone says... Uh, Someone says, exactly, Sheldon, good comments about Kawhi being clutch. People do forget the baskets prior to the last shot. Yeah, I've always said that. Like, that's a thing. Like, come on. The last shot of the game is make or miss. Whatever. Uh, Kawhi and DG, DG Spurs deja vu clutch. Yep. Uh, what is this? Oh, someone says, Sheldon, digging the button up over the hoodie. Hashtag fresh. <laughs> I actually wore this to work today, although I probably, I wear hoodies most of the time to work, but yeah, this is just what I wore to work today. I wear hoodies all the time too, but it's hoodie season, man. It's winter, especially this week in Toronto. We're getting another snowstorm, hoodie season for sure. Uh, Macaw is one of those youths from the Y that doesn't stop pressuring you when you touch the ball. <laughs> that is a great, that's a great call right there by my guy Diaz on Instagram. <laughs> We all know those guys, right? That guy at the Y that's always going. He's always playing like full court, hard defense. That is McCaw. Uh, again, shout out to the people on Instagram. This is going to go away soon. But appreciate you guys. See you guys on Wednesday where we wrap up the of the season. But to wrap up the entire podcast, again, Toronto Raptors win 127-125 at home to the Brooklyn Nets in what could be a preview of a first-round playoff matchup. Huge game. Kawhi Leonard with a team-high 30 points, 8 assists. Mark Gasol in his second game. Still came off the bench, but in 22 minutes managed to have 16 points, 6 rebounds. The stat lines were crazy all over the place. You had Baca with 18 points, 12 rebounds. Kyle Lowry with a solid game. And, hey, to me... In a 127-125 game, of course, we're going to focus on the offense because those are massive offensive numbers. But to me, the difference in the game was the shooting numbers that the Raptors locked off or locked down in the second half. 
Your man's Joe Harris came out gunning. He was seven for eight from three in the first half. Finished the game seven of eight. Didn't even attempt another three-pointer. Why is that? Because the Raptors adjusted at halftime. Danny Green said, you're not getting any more open looks. And that was the difference in the game. If you listen to this podcast, you know, defense wins. I stress that all the time. Defense wins. So be fooled by 127, 125 if you want to. But defense still matters, especially when you're talking about close games down the stretch. Who can get a defensive stop? That's my lesson here, kids. <laughs> but I'll wrap this up because my voice is getting a little raspy. But it's just because we're fired up over this big-time Raptors win. Again, shout to you guys for tuning in and appreciate you guys. Huge shout-out to Clean Cuts and my guy Skip for sponsoring the podcast. Appreciate the love. Shouts to all the people tuning in on Instagram and on Twitter, tuning in live, making the show, co-hosting the show with me. Shouts to all you guys. And a huge shout-out to the OGs on SoundCloud because that's where this podcast or the Ball on Blast, On Blast podcast first lived. Shout-out to the OGs on SoundCloud. Shout-out to the people on iTunes listening at work, listening on the treadmill. Shout out to my guy Dunlop, probably listening on his way home <laughs> at some point. Appreciate all you guys for listening and supporting the movement that is the Ball on Blast podcast and the Wrap It Up podcast. And hey, everybody that's just supporting the We the North Toronto movement, shout out to the Raptors Global Ambassador for winning a Grammy and giving a dope-ass speech as well, despite them cutting him off. All power to the actual creators. You don't need anybody to validate anything that you're doing. Just continue creating, continue putting in the work, and the rest will take care of itself. Again, my name is Sheldon Alexander. Thank you for tuning in, because I really did used to pray for times like this to rhyme like this. This is the Wrap It Up on Blast Raps Post Game Show. As always, unpolished and unapologetic. Until next time, see ya. On Blast.